0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 5th of February, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be talking about the latest market news, including Friday's labor market data out of the US with Jan Bop this morning. And then I'll be speaking to Menzo Potintzi, our head of technical analysis, and getting his thoughts on equity markets, the euro and commodities. But first up is Jan. Good morning, Jan.
1: Good morning, Ellen.
0: Let's dive straight in then and start with last Friday's labor market data. So non-farm payrolls came in way above expectations, right?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. So in, in not only that, um, I mean, private and manufacturing payrolls were also massively above expectations. I can't remember seeing such a strong beat of expectations Uh, The U.S. economy added 353,000 jobs in January, almost double what was expected, and the most in a year. Uh, This comes alongside the updated December figures, which showed that 333,000 jobs were created in December. Both figures underline the strength of the U.S. labor market. Uh, The unemployment rate held at 3.7%.
0: Okay, um, it wasn't just that though, right? Wages also increased more than expected.
1: Yeah, exactly, Helen. Um, A separate data release showed that average hourly earnings rose 0.6% from December and 4.5% from a year ago, also strongly above consensus. And, And certainly an affirmation of Fed Chair Powell after he pushed back against an early rate cut in March at last week's FOMC meeting.
0: Okay. Um, How have markets reacted?
1: Well, strongly. <laughs> uh, last Friday, yields were up, uh, not only in the US. European government bonds also got caught up in the sell-off. Uh, the 10-year US Treasury yield jumped 15 basis points and is now trading above 4% again. It was only Thursday, I think. The benchmark yield was at 3.8%. Uh, two-year US Treasury yields were up an almost unbelievable 21 basis points at one point. This is a lot for this market. And a bit of deja vu from last week when I said the exact same thing after the FOMC meeting, but back then yields were dropping. So the volatility in fixed income markets these days is just massive. So bearing some kinds of exogenous shocks, uh, this removes the possibility of a rate cut in March. Or to put it differently, Powell killed a March card, the chop numbers buried it.
0: Equities didn't mind though, did they?
1: No, not at all. I mean, they came off their highs first, but more so in Europe than in the US, interestingly. And then US equities just powered ahead, reaching a new all time high with the NASDAQ up 1.8% on Friday and outperforming the broader SP 500. Uh, which ended the day 1.1% higher. And it makes sense, of course, Uh, these latest data releases point to continued strength in consumer spending, which should ultimately be positive for equities, Right? after all, consumer spending accounts for roughly 70% of US economic activity. So last Friday's data support our view of a US earnings recovery in 2024. However, it was not only the US, also European equities were up, uh, but making more modest gains, closing 0.1% higher. So the week ended on a strongly positive note uh, after a bumpy start and the reemergence of concerns around the health of some smaller regional banks in the US and Japan.
0: Yeah, I I saw that actually. The KBW Bank Index fell by more than 6% at one point during the week. So what was this about then?
1: Uh, It it was again about some small regional lenders, Helen, that concerned investors last week. Uh, Two names corrected quite strongly, including the New York Community Bank Corp, which was down 45%. Uh, Shocking investors last Wednesday by cutting its dividend, uh, posting a quarterly loss and ramping up loan loss provisions for exposure to commercial real estate. And Japan's Auzora Bank declined by more than 30% after the firm said that it would report its first loss in 15 years due to bad loans tied to U.S. property.
0: Staying in Asia, the week has started with a volatile session in China.
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, Here, Chinese stocks have been on a wild ride this morning, uh, but that was mainly in the small and mid-cap sector in the end. Um, Hong Kong's Hang Seng and mainland China equities advanced from earlier losses after the China Securities Regulatory Commission issued a statement pledging to monitor closely and take effective measures to prevent stock pledging risks. Whether or not today marks the floor to Chinese equities is yet to be seen, uh, but policymakers have signaled they no longer want to see any further decline. So yeah, let's see.
0: After a very eventful week then, what does this week have in store for us? Well,
1: in terms of economic Data, Helen, we have a quite a week ahead of us. Um, however, headlining a relatively quiet macro week for the US, we start with interesting data from the Fed's Senior Loan Officer Opinion Survey due today. Uh, this will give us some more insights into credit demand and supply dynamics. Uh, there will also be the ISM Service Index later today, uh, following a beat for the Manufacturing Index already last week. And in Europe, the focus will be on economic activity in Germany and Italy, including industrial production and retail sales. Um, Other than that, of course, the earnings season is still going on. Uh, Roughly 40% of the S&P 500 market cap has reported 4Q earnings, uh, including six of the magnificent seven stocks. But there are still lots of companies left to report, and we already had many surprising Uh, earnings results this season. Key earnings reports this week include Walt Disney, Caterpillar, and Ford, um, as well as some results from the uh, key healthcare players, including Eli Lilly, Amgen, and AstraZeneca, and many more, of course. So let's see what the day brings. And that's all from me this morning, Helen.
0: Great. Thanks a lot, Jan, for the great roundup to start the week.
1: Thanks for having
2: me on.
0: Now, Menzo, good morning to you firstly.
2: Good morning, Helen.
0: So from a technical perspective then, um, equity markets had a positive January overall, but I know you commented last week that investors are still sceptical when we look at the actual flows. But you're still positive, right, on the S&P 500, for example?
2: Yes, we are positive. It has all the ingredients of a bull market. It is broad-based. The defensive sectors are underperforming. And what is very encouraging is that investors uh, are very cautious. So uh, coming into the year after the incredible gains uh, last year, they have been uh, quite cautious. And uh, we were surprised ourselves when we saw that the flow data pointed towards net selling of U.S. investors in U.S. mutual funds and exchange-traded funds. So this means that the U.S. equity market continues to climb the wall of worry.
0: Okay, um, let's look at currencies now. And uh, I want to ask you specifically about the euro, which has seen some broad-based selling. What are your thoughts here? Is there more to come?
2: Yes, I mean, uh, when you look at the euro, basically we see a broad-based deterioration. So the euro is declining against the majority of currencies. And so that's why we think that there is more downside here to the euro. So when you look here again at the euro against the 15 major currencies we can basically see that it is declining against 80 percent of those and to keep it simple when we look here at euro us dollar we think that uh, the risks are quite high that we go back below 105 and even uh, might uh, retest uh, parity Uh, so this means the euro uh, remains weak against the US dollar but the euro should remain weak against the Swiss franc as well
0: Okay. And lastly, on commodities, uh, we've seen a broad-based decline in commodity prices. What do you make of this? And is this related to interest rates coming down, do you think?
2: Yes. I mean, uh, commodities basically are in a broad-based decline. And uh, we have here some evidence that uh, it is in line with the signals we get from the fixed income market. So U.S. Treasury yields, um, I mean, ignoring the short-term noise, uh, are in a medium-term decline technically. And when we look historically, basically, what happens when interest rates are declining? uh, Basically, it goes hand in hand with especially cyclical commodities like uh, or economic sensitive commodities like uh, crude oil and copper uh, declining. So we think this fits quite, uh, quite the picture. So it's still a Goldilocks picture, which means that equities are advancing while we have little pressure on the inflation side and interest rates are coming down so this is usually the best of all times for equity market investors and on top of that you have uh, equity market investors which are still uh, which are still cautious and are selling equities at this point
0: thanks very much Mansour. good to get your latest thoughts this morning thank you helen So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And to join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal, forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite
1: podcast player.